All right, let's welcome everybody back to a brand new episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast, episode 547. 547, huh? Hey, before we get into this episode, let's introduce ourselves, the hosts of the show. My name is Chris Hollifield. You can find me on Instagram at Utah Realtor Chris. And I'm TJ Heidenreich. You can find me on Instagram at TJ Mortgage. Back with a brand new episode, TJ. This Another is a week. good one. Bajan from Beehive Pharmacy is on this episode of the podcast. Uh, this was really cool because we got to find out a little bit about what's going on in the cannabis industry here in the uh, the beautiful state of Utah and kind of what's going on uh, with Beehive Pharmacy. We got to talk a little bit about his grow operation that he's got, his legal grow operation. Yeah. Very educational. I mean, I learned a lot. So. I know. I know you did a lot. I know you don't know a whole lot about cannabis. So yeah, you, this was fun for me. Yeah. What did you What did you learn, TJ? Everything. I was a complete novice going into this. I mean, I hardly knew it was legal, medically legal here until today. So, I mean, this was a, it was an eye opener for me. <laughs> the website for the podcast is IamSaltLake.com. Go check it out. All the episodes of the podcast are there. You can download them, you can listen to them, and you can share them with your family and friends. So head on over to the website. But on that note, let's get into this conversation that we had with... Um, with Bajan from Beehive Pharmacy. This is a good one, you guys. Awesome. Yeah, let's dive into it. I want to start, though, with you, Bajan. We're going to delve into cannabis. We're going to talk okay. about the, the wonderful world of cannabis here in just a minute. But I want to know what brings you joy outside of work, outside of doing everything you do with cannabis. What do you enjoy doing? What, what really brings you joy to your life? That's a, that's a really good question. I'm, I'm always trying to figure that out, you know, especially like being in a startup, you work a lot. Fortunately, work brings me joy. What we're doing, helping a lot of people outside of that. I spend a lot of time hiking. That's a, that's a big outlet of mine. Um, it's the, the two times going up and going down that you get to like process whatever you're going through that week. So that's been bringing me joy gets me a little bit recharged and then spend, just getting out in nature, just getting out in nature yeah. and, and staying grounded and then being around like-minded people, you know, think people that fill your cup up just sometimes their presence makes you feel better, brings you up. So, so I'm still long story short, I'm still figuring it out. Dude, yeah. I think we're, we all are oh, and every day. Things are constantly yeah. changing a month ago. Something that brought me joy might not bring me joy anymore. For sure. But you know, I find that's just kind of a fun way to start the show out. Yeah, is, no, is, most definitely is, you know, what brings you joy? What, you know, besides all this stuff we're going to talk about on the podcast here in just a minute, but, uh, I'm excited to talk about Beehive Pharmacy. I mean, we, I chatted with you back on Utah in the weeds with Tim Pickett, I just want to give that little plug in there, and I should have pulled that episode up uh, for people to go listen to it. Great episode, by the way. We recorded it right in the pharmacy there uh, at Beehive Pharmacy. Um, but how long? I mean, let's let's back up a little bit because a lot of listeners of I Am Salt Lake might not even be familiar with medical cannabis, or even a lot of people are still under a rock not even knowing medical cannabis is legal here in the state of Utah. But how long has Beehive been around? So Beehive has been around since 2020. Uh, the program went live in 2019. Okay. So there was a ballot initiative that passed, Prop 2. Yeah. Then there were some adjustments, and then the law went into effect. So there was multiple applicants for cultivation. So cultivation went live first. So when medical cannabis hit, you didn't really actually see it until the pharmacies went live. Hmm. So pharmacies went live um, shortly after, I believe it was in March 
And then that's the first pharmacy in, in Salt Lake opened up. And then the rest of them opened up thereafter. There's, there was 14 then, now there's 15. Did the 15th open yet? I don't know if that one, or did they just get the license, or I don't even know if they were... Uh, the 15th one... Because I know there was only 14, and then they opened up for... They them. opened one for 15, and then there was uh, an RFP for that one, and then the group that won, I believe they're opening in price. Okay, yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They, they're they they're quick operators, so they'll, they'll get it open. If it's not already open, I'm sure it will be soon. Cool. So when you applied to get your license for Beehive... I mean, you had no idea if you'd get accepted or not. Did no. you think you would, did you think you even had a chance? I mean, deep down like 10, 12 years ago when you first started yeah. uh, consuming cannabis, you're like, yeah, this is, this is going to come one day. And so, no, I mean, no, I, I didn't necessarily anticipate that. Um, we knew it was coming, but you meet people on your team that, make your team what they are. Sure. You know, so along the way I met my two business partners who all bring very unique, different skill sets, different experience in and out of cannabis. And so, you know, if you look at it holistically, um, you know, those things all contributed to, to our, our success. And I also think just being, you know, being good, honest, ethical people, you know, doing the right thing always goes, goes a long way. So what made you even want to open up a pharmacy in Utah? So early on, I got diagnosed with uh, some weird condition called ulcerative colitis. So it's similar to Crohn's disease. They put them in the same category, but they're in different parts of their body. Uh, it's an autoimmune thing. Mine impacted my small and large intestine. So early on, 12 years old, they're you know, giving you prednisone as a solution. And then it wasn't until probably... 1920. Um, I'm 32 now. So about 13 years ago, uh, I was starting to get infusions for the condition. And then those infusions were not pleasant at all. And then I tried cannabis and that mitigated a lot of the symptoms. It didn't fix anything. It helped me manage and get through things physically, emotionally, mentally, um, my appetite came back, you know, getting nauseous. And so then understanding, okay, what else do I need? What other levers do I need to pull in my health? Is it more nutrition? You know, I got to look at what I'm eating. That's a huge thing. I got to look at what I'm putting in my mind. That's also another huge thing. Um, look at all, you know, all your past traumas, whatever they are, like that's a huge thing. Like that contributes. So cannabis was the first tipping point to that. And then, um, getting involved in the industry and other markets, you know, so I got involved in the Colorado market early on. Um, I had a vape pen company that it was kind of like one of those pick and shovel models where I didn't have, you know, a facility. So I was able to make devices that people could put licensed product in, I'd go to music festivals and sell them. And that was a great learning lesson, uh, what to do, what not to do. So you, well, you got these vape pens, you were manufacturing them or? I was going to China having them manufactured. With cannabis in them, THC? No, or? no THC. Okay. And then when the Colorado market opened up and it was recreational. Did you move there? No, I gotcha. would just, I would moonlight. I would just fly out there or drive out there on a music festival and then set up an exhibitor stand and then people would just buy the vape pen okay. at the music festival and people come to music festivals to spend money. Mm-hmm. And so 
that was a good lesson for me to never get into hardware. If you don't know what you're doing and you don't have your, your manufacturing on point, like don't get into that. Um, also a really good lesson on mature markets, oversaturation, hyper competitive, something can go from zero to a hundred in a day. And then, um, you know, over time, uh, different States came online, Oregon opened up. So went up there and tried to set up in Oregon. And that was another learning lesson of just oversaturation. Don't rush to do things incorrectly, just out of scarcity. Um, and then California opened up and then I had, uh, they called them dispensaries out there, but here would be a pharmacy. But when Prop 215 switched over to 64, um, the licenses that then were compliant and went through could then apply for recreation. So then, so had had my hands in a couple different markets um, before Utah opened up and then made sure that I liquidated those and just focused strictly on Utah when that opened up. And then my business partner, Paul, um, he's the now the CEO of High Times. He had been involved at the time with a large project in California. So we had a lot of experience in just new markets and old markets. Let's talk about uh, some of the obstacles that maybe you had to jump through, some hoops you had to jump through to when you got licensed. Mm -hmm. I mean, was it tough to open up your quote unquote pharmacy? I mean, we'll call them a dispensary. Well, or maybe you, maybe you, we'll call them a pharmacy. We'll call them a pharmacy. We want, we, yeah. We want the narrative. Okay. Let's, we, let's, we want, let's do the narrative. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So was there a lot of hoops you had to jump through for that? Yeah. I think, I think once, once the license was awarded, you know, you, in other markets, it's challenging because then you have to find a compliant property or, and then the city's like, no, we don't want cannabis here. Here, once, you know, your license was awarded, uh, it was relatively like comparable to anything else, like opening another business. It was just getting, you know, your local approval, your city approval, land ordinances. In cannabis, you can't have any debt on the assets that you're operating in. And so that prohibits a lot of operators from even entering the space. Mm -hmm. So what normally would be a great warehouse or a great retail space if you have a loan on there, you can't do it. So you have to figure out a way to and either. you can't lease either, right? You'd have to own it. If you lease, there can't be debt on the building. Gotcha. So in. Why is it? What What's the reason? It's man? federally legal. Hmm. And okay. so we'll go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but there's a lot of um, regulations federally, <clears throat> excuse me. So taxes, you can't deduct anything besides cost of goods. Can't deduct labor, can't deduct rent. So it makes your business operate a little bit differently when you can't have a mortgage on your building, you can't deduct payroll, you can't deduct rent. It's very heavy on the back end. Um, so the building was one thing. But once w once you do that, you just jump through the regular hoops. You have to then get approvals and like sign ordinances, you know, as long as you're compliant. They know that the Department of Health and the Department of Ag have approved it. Uh, it's not like some of the other states where it's wild west where it's hard to regulate an unlimited number of people doing it. So I think with such small operators, it's very easy to validate that. Yes, we're compliant. Yes. The state's okay with it. Cause you're in an old, it, well, for your Salt Lake city location, you're in an old bank, which so, was like perfect probably for what you guys got going on. So our Salt Lake location is right off the 201. Uh -huh. Great location. Um, by the way, you'll see a giant green cross sign. And so there's some limitations on signage. 
you can have your name, your hours, or a green cross. So given from the freeway, the green cross is just easier to see. The old bank works really well because you have a drive-through, you have parking. Those are other things you want to look for. I mean, you're in real estate. You When you look at a retail building, you look at parking, you look at access. Sure. Um, so the, the drive-through was great. Drive-through has been really helpful. Parking has been really helpful. And then being a bank, it has a vault. So the storage there has been uh, convenient and, you know, has the challenges here and there. But um, our Brigham City location, it, we actually lease. We don't own um, from a from a gentleman who owns a building who's we're right in between a subway and a supercuts. And so in a really small town, Brigham Dude, City. That's a great place to be right is. there. <laughs> get a haircut, you know, get some right, up, right across from Walmart as well. So, yeah. um, so we lease there. And uh, I thought you said you couldn't lease, though. But they just can't be you, you can debt. lease as long as the building is owned and there's no debt on the building. Okay. So the owners of the so building the owner, in Brigham oh, City owns it, right. owns it outright. So did you like apply at a bunch? Of, I mean, it would seem like there would be a bunch of places that you would apply to get. Yeah. And, and a lot of rejections until that landlord or owner's like, okay, you can, you can open up your, you know, your, your weed shop here, or, you know, your, well, your pharmacy, you know. Correct. And that's why, that's why we had to, we didn't have to, that's why we chose to buy the bank in Salt Lake. Okay. So you did buy that. So place. we did buy that. Yeah. We, we, we put money together um, and then, and then bought that building. So then that way we're the friendly landlords with no debt on the building. Mm-hmm. Brigham city was fortunate enough where we, you know, have a great real estate guy and uh he helped us find that that's awesome yeah do you plan on opening up more do would you like to open up more um yes in in, in a perfect world yes right now no i think the market needs to mature before they really look at issuing more and so right now there's only fifty thousand patients in the whole state active card holders and so still you, a good amount though, for sure. Still a great amount, but you think we have 15, 15 pharmacies from the top of the state, at the bottom, we've got one in Logan. We have one in Brigham city. We have one in Ogden, one in bountiful three in salt Lake, one in Lehigh, one in park city, one in Provo, one in Springville, one in price. Now, did you say Payson too? I know there's one in Payson. One in Payson one in Cedar, one in St. George. Hmm. And I apologize if I missed any, but there should be 15. So across there, you also have to look at how many patients are within there and, and with statewide delivery too. You know, there's, there's, there's uh, the ability to deliver directly to a consumer as well. But that makes it challenging when that cost as an operator is non-deductible. But, for, for, but for a consumer, you know, it's like Amazon much as you hate Jeff Bezos, you're still buying. We keep yeah, ordering we still, on still Amazon, buying. right? And we want it tomorrow by 2 p.m. Yeah. You know? Oh, so. like you can't get it here? Oh, man. So. Hmm. Are you taxed differently? So right now, because it's medical, there's mm-hmm. no tax. There's a $3 fee that's gotcha. attached to every transaction, regardless of if you buy, you know, say one SKU or five SKUs. But that goes to the state of Utah, right? That goes to the state of Utah. As a business... We pay state taxes and federal taxes, but with no deductions. Hmm. So that's why we yeah. get taxed differently. So mm-hmm. your tax liability is a lot higher. So for one item that you're you're purchasing, you're really only netting truly 10% at best. It's weird. So a lot of cannabis businesses are upside down because of their tax liability. 
And so that's why it, for us as a small business, being able to wear multiple hats, it, it gives us some flexibility. Um, and it really allows us to figure out what our strengths are and what we're not good at. And so, you know, we're, we're good with people. We're good at growing great cannabis and having a great retail experience. Some other things we're learning. So, so you guys also started growing recently. Yes. So we were, we were fortunate enough to take over, uh, one of the eight cultivation operations. We've, we've been, you know, buying all of their outputs mm -hmm. since they've opened. And now, you know, nothing in the market was really meeting what, what we were trying to do. Um, so now we're able to then take that improve SOPs, which are just standard operating procedures, put some intention behind it, have some new genetics, and then bring varieties that I feel like patients would want. If they're going to be paying a certain dollar for premium top shelf, it needs to look a certain way. It needs to give them their intended effects on what they're trying to resolve with their ailments. And so for us, if, if, if we're going to charge that amount, we need to make sure that we're, we're providing that amount of quality. So fortunately, I am a big cannabis patient, big proponent. So, you know, I don't drink. And so if I were to open a brewery, it would be very different. I would think this would be a great Pilsner and you'd, you'd be like, dude, you're insane. You're, you're getting high on your own supply. So you grow an indoor or outdoor We're growing indoor. Um, we just want to live in that indoor. So for everyone listening, you can grow indoor, you can grow greenhouse, which the state would still consider indoor. Uh -huh. And then you can grow outdoor and typically outdoor is going to require sunlight. It's going to require a longer term. Indoor, you're going to be running stuff, you know, eight weeks, nine weeks. Um, and then with a greenhouse, you're going to have a hybrid. A lot of people have said that they are compromising quality for scale at greenhouse. Hmm. But right now our, you know, and there is no right or wrong. Like everyone's going to live in their own lane. And so the lane that we're going to live in is just that top shelf, uh, high quality indoor. And then with that, you're going to be able to make high quality indoor or I'm sorry, high quality output products like concentrates, like live resin products or cured resin products. And so it's, it's not just the end flower. It's also going to be the other things that you can do with the byproducts as well. Are you, do you find, uh, I know one of the big topics, uh, with a lot of patients is, is price. Mm-hmm. Talk about price a little bit. I mean, is it, would you say that once a lot of these businesses kind of recoup a lot of their fees, is that kind of what they're, they're trying to do right now with the prices? I mean, do you see prices ever coming down drastically? I mean, I know that's kind of tough. You don't have a crystal ball in front of you, but no, that that's a great question. I don't have a crystal ball and I don't necessarily know what the other operators are doing. So I can't speak on yeah, their behalf, sure, sure. but just from our behalf, we're vertically integrated. So we have a store, little processing, and then a grow. Price-wise, I think there will become flour that is going to be more available as other operators ramp up. So as they ramp up, they're going to increase either their output or their quality. So we chose quality. We're also expanding. So we're going to have a, a, you know, a much, much larger facility this time next year. Other operators are also increasing their output, but they need to do that at a rate that's proportionate to patient growth because some markets like California right now is upside down way too much flour is being produced, which has driven the price down 
you know, in a lot, which, which I'm okay with which, though. Which, totally. But, but, you, but, but, but you, well, I, I also have to put on my patient hat and then my operator hat. Um, because with that, you also have to make sure these businesses can still operate sure. because we are, we are taking a lot of risk, a lot of, um, capital investment to provide this service. And so I do think that operators, as they ramp up, they get their, they recoup their investment. They're going to be able to then make those judgment calls. You know, for example, if something doesn't meet a certain tier, then it goes out at a different price. Um, one thing that we really tout ourselves on is if it doesn't meet that quality, we'll, we won't put it in the bag. We'll, we'll put it under a different no name brand and sell it at a discount. So price will come down eventually, but I also will say I was in Oregon not too long ago, maybe a month ago, mature market. I still paid $60 for three and a half grams. Okay. Plus tax. And so even in a mature market, if you're in that top shelf range, I still think you're going to be in that 50 to $60 range. Which, which was always the street price back in the day anyway. For sure. Was 50, if, if, 60 if you bucks. were getting good stuff, absolutely. Yeah. If, it's, if it was good. Now, I think more prices you're going to see are going to start coming down that don't meet that price hole because it's going to need to move. And the more things you, you the more people you see providing things in bulk, um, you know, we were offering ounces at a discount for a while. And so similar to street pricing, you, you would take an ounce and then there would be typically eight individual eighths in there. And so if we price that for the price of seven, then, you know, that person gets that extra eighth for savings. I think also the more people increase their output, the cheaper the inputs become for other products like gummies and vape cartridges. So there's a group right now that, um, you know, they just standard pricing for a one gram vape cartridge, um, which is what you would like screw into a battery is around 80 to 90. Um, right now that price has gone down to around 60 to 75 ish. And so, so they, 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 they're also producing gummies too. that are, that are really cost affordable. They're, they're one of our biggest sellers. And so now you're starting to see price sensitive buyers come out because at the end of the day, a lot of this is going to be the same, you know, unless you can provide a super unique product that's differentiated from the next one, a a lot of the inputs are going to be the same. So I appreciate the groups that are bringing the price down for those patients. You know, we're, we're a small farm, we're a craft little, little farm. Um, so we're still going to be in that top tier price point, but once we do our expansion, we're definitely going to have other tiered products that are going to meet those different thresholds for people. What is street pricing right now? I do. I, it's been a while since I bought anything on the black market, so I don't even know what, you know, but again, though, the street prices that was always more recreational anyway that most people get for street because medically that's why you know i talk about prices because people are gonna you know 10 years ago i wasn't maybe using an ounce a month or something like that you also didn't know if what you were buying was clean well true and so that's part of the cost is everything here has to get tested true so So everything you're buying in a pharmacy is tested for pesticides microbials a lot of the um, traditional market stuff is things that don't pass testing in other states end up on a truck and then come out here. Yeah. So, so there is that sensitivity, but I do want to share like there's, there's three and a half grams at the store for $35. 
Yeah, they all, like Trike. Trike mm-hmm. has their little popcorn, which are like the smaller. Which were great, like if you're vaping it or, or something like it's that. All the, grind, it's all the same when you grind it up. Yeah, exactly. It's all the same when you grind it up. And so you've got that differential from 35 to 60. So I think right now, while everyone is also price sensitive, um, you know, I, I, I just say just be patient. It's been two years, three years since the program's going live. And we've, we've done well as a state, as operators and as patients. So I'm excited for what the next three, what the next six, the next nine years bring. Cause we don't know what this is going to look like, but I think the state, you know, today we had, a um, or yesterday we had a really good call. Um, the state does take input from industry. And so this isn't, this is a new thing for them, a new thing for a lot of operators and so being in an industry where the people that are making the rules can also converse with us rather than just be more of like a dictator and just say, look, this is what we think is best. How, how is the state of Utah being as far as, I mean, are, are they being somewhat cool to work with? I mean, I know it's probably hard. You can't really sit here and talk a bunch of garbage, um, but. <laughs> no, they've been. They, they've no, been but you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, uh, I didn't know if. if I don't know. I don't there's know some, to, there's some challenges always. And like, um, I think I'm, I'm an easy to deal with person, but again, I can be difficult at times. And so I'm, I try and see both, both sides, sides, sides of the lens. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's a big narrative right now of maintaining this, the, the medical aesthetic of this program. And so, you know, we, we do everything we can to make sure that we maintain that legislature passed laws that, for example, for those people that don't know this program's medical, there are no, um, there's no combustion, so no smoking. No flames, no, no joints. flames, no pre-rolls. And so a lot of people that are used to going out of state, they'll come to the pharmacy, they'll say, hey, I'd like pre-rolls. And we say, well, they're, they're So would available. I. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there's some things that, that are done to, to, to maintain that integrity of the medical program and then not appealing to children as well. And so, um, you know, that's what we're, trying to do. And then there's some, some, you know, differentiators like brands. You look at some national brands that may seem more recreational to some versus others. And so that has been a little bit challenging, um, because the intention's not to ride the line by any means. Like honestly, like rec is not even on the horizon here. And so everyone keeps thinking like, Oh, when rec hits, it's put that thought in the back of your mind. Rec is not passing here. Like for, Ever. Yeah, be grateful we have yeah, medical. Yeah, be grateful we have medical. Like the fact that you can just, you know, and the only hurdle is, 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 is getting your card. But if you're qualified and you can get, you can get West Coast quality cannabis in a Utah pharmacy compliantly. And, you know, that's a win. On certain things, you know, it's, 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 you know, you're, you're sharing your perspective against a, a rule maker, you know, or a legislator. As a whole, I think the program has been really successful. You look at some states that take a couple of years to get off the ground. This was a net zero patient, meaning when the program went live, there were zero patients. So now two, three years in, there's 50,000 active patients. That's great. You look at some states where they just open the floodgates, like Oklahoma or Portland, um, Oregon or Colorado back in the day, and a lot of operators got murdered. And so... I think, I think the state's done a really good job of just monitoring it and, and doing what they can. Um, you know, people forget that 
20 years ago, we had to pay to be inside private clubs. To oh, drink. I remember those days. Yeah. I, I remember hearing about it. I, I was yeah. not of age, but yeah. Um, and so again, there's, there's, we're, we're in a, our program's in a great place. And I think the state's been, been really good working with us and, and, and setting rules and, you know, everyone has their differences and I'm, I'm, everyone's learning. I'm learning to not take things personal. Yeah. That's a big thing for me. What is your thought? I mean, your thoughts on recreational cannabis. I mean, I, I would imagine you're for it. Well, I, I think, I think the, there's benefits, um, that it would provide from an access perspective. But I think that in this marketplace, um, you know, it, no at, at all, because if, if, if we as operators do our job well, then we can provide that level of product. There's no reason you'd need to go to a neighboring state that is adult use or to the traditional market to buy some unlicensed or untested product. But you know, there are things that like recreation does provide for the state. They get a lot of tax incentive. So people think, okay, if rec passes rec, 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 what you are paying $63 for now is now going to be $83. True. Because you're, you know, there's going to, it's going to be an additional tax on there. And so, mm. you know, I, I do think like I got into this medically, like this has been my medicine and I don't want to lose sight of that. And so whenever the conversation of rec comes up, I'm, I'm not in favor of it. A lot of the rec states right now, you know, a lot of operators are struggling too. So I, I have mixed opinions, but I do say that it does provide a lot of people access because a lot of people that would be qualified patients that either don't know they would qualify for a card would be one of those people that would go into a store and be like, I have back pain. I need to buy this. So I think as the program evolves, hmm. we'll, we'll see, see things differently. If someone listening wanted to get a career like in the cannabis or pharmacy industry, what, what would you say to them? What would you tell them? Um, I would tell them just reach out, reach out, be persistent. There's, there's a lot of different avenues and levels. You know, you mentioned Tim Pickett. Yeah. He's in the, in the QMP space, which is a qualified medical provider. So they're the ones prescribing cards. Mm -hmm. So those are doctors that, you know, are going to then write up to X number of cards. I think 650 for specialists. I know they keep expanding it a little yeah, bit. And then, know? and then they have regular, they have an LMP program, which your regular doctor could get you a card now. Um, but figure out what part of the ecosystem that you want to thrive in. And then I'd say figure out why you want to do it. Because if you want to do it for, if you think this is like fun and glamorous, the, an the answer is no, it's not. It has a lot of red tape. It's really stressful, but it's also fulfilling. So if you love working with the plant, if you love helping people, if you appreciate the value that it's providing you as a patient, then I would say find your lane, reach out to those operators. And then, you know, that's how I found some of my best people is them reaching out. I think you're, you're going to attract what you put out there. So you'll find the right person. So I'd say figure out how to, you know, for us, it's jobs at beehivepharmacy.com. Um, there's a lot of other operators out there, find their website, go to their job section, be persistent because like us, we're a small business. We're doing a lot of hats. So we might not respond immediately. When you were even mentioning Tim, a lot of, I mean, when he started, he was by himself and mm -hmm. then he created this, I mean, he has a whole clinic now, multiple locations. 
And a lot of these jobs are kind of being created as, uh, I mean, they're, I don't want to say made up. I mean, but 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 they're kind of they're 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 created yeah, because it's they, they see it's a, they see a need for it. So they're like, hey, let's create this position or this job um, for for cannabis. And it here's the thing for people listening. Um, let's even use uh, Utah and the Weeds podcast. I mean, that's a that's a great thing for the industry. And you don't even need to necessarily, uh, well, I was going to say, I mean, it, it's not, it, it, it's kind of in a roundabout way involved in the industry. Does that make sense? I mean, you're not, you're not in a pharmacy, you're right. not growing it. And you don't have to be a patient. Exactly. You can so, just listen to it. It gives great exposure. Maybe, maybe create a blog or maybe create some sort of, uh, of social, add, you add know, value, add value. Add exactly. Value. That's the biggest thing is people want, want, it's like, Hey, well, there's gotta be a balance. So add value and things will things will come. Um, well, I, like I love even the people on Instagram, the uh, patients that are, you know, they will review the strains, mm-hmm. you know, they'll take mm-hmm. pictures. And so, I mean, that's a great way to get involved is, is give some reviews of some of your favorite strains and products. Yeah. I think, uh, I think another one, there's, yeah. there's good, um, you know, media outlets like, um, like even Salt Lake city. Yeah. You know, yeah, shout out to Cole. Yeah. yeah. The, they, they always looking for contributors. And so I think there's a lot of, exposure, the more this becomes legitimized. So that's why we want to keep it medical and keep it professional because people like my parents or your parents, um, or your parents or you even, you know, like would not feel intimidated or feel like this is as taboo as it was. Do you think people are moving to Utah for medical marijuana now? You know, I mean, cause there was a time, right. When people were moving to like places like Colorado, right? They're like, they pick up and they move from their state to Colorado because they legalized it. Do you think, do you think that, uh, the fact that we have medical cannabis here, that that's a draw to Utah at all? I think it's definitely a bonus Yeah, because you also have to think about somebody that would use that every single day. If they're in chronic pain, they're going to use cannabis every day. And now if they're going to live in a state where it's illegal and they're going to risk going to jail, losing their kids, they're going to stay, they're going to stay in Colorado. Exactly. You know, they're going to, they're going to stay somewhere else. So I think, I think as diverse as Utah is getting more people are moving, it checks that box because a lot of people would skip over Utah and go to Vail or Aspen or Denver Mm -hmm. because that met their lifestyle. And so, um, not again, not that it's wreck. It's just that there's access there. Well, exactly. And, and, and it's safe. You know, last thing you want to do is worry about going to jail for something that is, is helping you, you know, mitigate your symptoms for whatever, you know, whatever condition you have. Just cause I know there was a lot of people, you know, especially with, with kids, teenagers and stuff like that, that were, you know, they moved to Colorado. I mean, you probably heard stories too, you know, and it's like, well, now this is a reason they can stay here in Utah. Even, even for people in, in, uh, operating roles, like people working in the industry, a lot of people were like, I'm going to go move to Oregon. I'm going to go move to Colorado move to California just so I can get my hands in the industry. And now that it's opened up here, I think a lot of people are coming back and saying, Hey, I'm from here. I want to get back involved. You know, it's my, my home state. So I think that's been refreshing. And, and I think that raises the bar for what we have. Cause the more diverse you get, the higher the bar gets raised for the quality. And there's different ways, there's different ways to grow wheat. The economy here in Utah is better. I mean, in my opinion, the economy is better. The people are better. Yeah. Um, And so you just get different ways to do things. Hmm. So cool, man. 
I was gonna I was gonna ask a question and my mind is blank, but uh Yeah, are you you're from Utah? No, I'm from New Jersey originally, but I I've, I've been here so I moved here in ninety six with my family and then I did elementary, middle school, high school, part of my undergrad. I moved to San Diego and then I was playing professional paintball at the time, um, which was a trip. So traveling around a lot. That's cool. Yeah. And then that's right. I remember you sharing that story now that you say that. And, and then once I moved back, um, and I got really ill, that's when my cannabis journey started. And then I moved to London for a bit for my other consulting job. It was just the corporate thing. Um, but Utah is my, my home, you know, so I've seen the evolution pre-Olympics and then post-Olympics. Like, I think that was one of the biggest tipping points culturally for us was like so many people came here and they're like, what is this? What's going on? And since more people have moved here, um, I no longer compare this place to San Diego or London or wherever it like Utah's dope. Salt Lake is dope. I love coming back. I love flying in. You see the mountains. You're like, Oh, I'm home. Finally. What, what do you think of the growth here, man? I mean, especially over the last couple of years, it's bonkers. Growth is crazy. Yeah. Depending on where you live too. I wish a lot of my friends and colleagues and family bought when the market wasn't so crazy, but I think it's, it's great. It's, it's not going to hurt us. The only thing that's going to hurt is parking. You're going to get more parking tickets, but, <laughs> but it, it, it forces everything the bar has to be raised. If you were a mediocre restaurant, now more people are going to be here. They're not going to be there. You have to, you have to step up. If you're not offering something that's valuable, then it's quickly going to be noted. Somebody else will spin something up that, that will. So I think it's good. I also think that we have to look at where we were 20 years ago. Look where we're 20 years ago, moving forward 20 years, it's going to be a completely different place. And by then I might, I might be over it and I might, you know, go move to Montana or something. But, um, what about you? What, I mean, what do you think? You're in real estate. You guys are, well, you're, you're a, a loan officer. Yeah. And I mean, I got mixed feelings about it. Obviously I don't blame people for moving here because it's a beautiful place to live. I mean, you got the mountains every day, right? Uh, but you know, then you deal with things like traffic and crime and, or crowded canyon and hiking crowded trails. canyons and hiking. I mean, just Ski lines resorts. everywhere. I mean, every everything is just busier. I mean, even the grocery store is just busier. And so it's just kind of one of those things I think you have to deal with. And you have to say, okay, it is what it is. Because it's a trade-off to live in a beautiful place like we live in. And... And it used to be just a convenience. And you, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you got to factor in people coming here. Like if they're coming from like California or something that's super populated, they don't see the traffic. Yeah, we've, we've got more traffic here than we did 20 years yeah. ago, but they, they still see it as, oh, oh sweet. Yeah. I can live in Payson and still get where I need to be. This is slowing down for them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's speeding up for exactly. us. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're like, sure. I'll live in Payson and drive to Salt Lake. And it's still close, <laughs> exactly. you know, compared to what they're used to. Yeah. But then there was like people like us where it's like, Oh, you work in Provo and you live in Salt Lake or something like that. I mean, that's just crazy. Right. Where did where did you grow up? Well, I I mean, I grew up in California. I mean, okay. I moved to Utah County when I was like 16, 15, 16. Oh, that's right, Utah County. So that's where I mean, I've I've lived in the Utah area pretty much gosh, it's been 30 plus years now. What about you? Um, yeah, born and raised. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I've we both have seen a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, 
it's interesting to see what, you know, and we'll see where things go. I, I think that there's a lot of things that we need to, um, we need to expand more probably West. I mean, East, there's not very much room to go if, unless you're going up into the mountains to build, but, um, yeah, West and South and yeah, even I have some friends in down in Zion's that are doing developments, Yeah, you know, everywhere and coulda, shoulda, woulda, right. you know? And so now with rates going up, you have to look at, is it worth getting involved at a scarcity or do you wait and see, is there going to be a correction? And everyone's biased because you guys are in the industry, you know, and so you have to feel a certain way or you're like setting yourself up for failure, Yeah, you know, and, and I don't know, I've only, I've only lived through one recession and not even as an adult. So like 07, 08, I was still a kid. Yeah. And so I don't know what this is coming to my business partner, um, Steve from, he owns Mill Creek Coffee. He was a, an accountant. Um, he's like, Oh, it's coming. You know, I've lived through three of these. And so I have to look at that perspective. Yeah. The crazy part is, is that, and people oftentimes forget this the past nine recessions since the sixties, home prices have only gone down once. Okay. So every time they've, they've either stayed really flat or they've even gone up prices. So okay. that's, that's, what's really interesting about it. Yeah. I think one more, I think we're going to see it very similar to the eighties. Okay. Yeah. Where, you know, rates, rates were up for a minute, but then the recession happened then the Fed funds rate ended up dropping after, and, and then interest rates, mortgage rates sharply declined as well by like 30%. I think but, that's where we're headed. But when rates went up, people weren't getting loans then, right? Or they were. Yeah, people, yeah, people still got to buy yeah, houses. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they don't people, have to. Well, yeah, well, okay, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, people still have to have a place to live. Yeah, true, yeah. true. And while rent's going up too. Rent's, rent hasn't slowed. Rent, in fact, in some areas, rent's even gone up more rapidly than, than home prices. Than home prices, yeah. Right. That's what's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, and you look back at like 08, I do remember I was working at a, uh, I was selling granite slabs at that time. So, I mean, I was involved in the housing industry back in, in 08. Dealing that Carrera slabs. <laughs> Dealing the, the, yeah, the, the marble and all that. Yeah. I was working at uh, Contempo Tile. I don't okay. know if you're familiar with them at all. But, I mean, it was a completely different thing because of, of, of loans that, you know, and even TJ might mm -hmm. know this a little bit better uh, since he's in that industry, mm -hmm. but they've tightened the reins up of that a lot more, not just giving loans to anybody and everybody. Hmm. So, uh, and it's a, it's a inventory thing too. I mean, there was yeah. legitimately more than double the amount of homes on the market then. Yeah. And since then we have 14 million more households and we have half the amount of inventory. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, it's nuts. It's so, I mean, here's the thing. Something might happen. Mm -hmm. Not saying it won't happen, but it will be different than anything that's mm -hmm. happened in the past. The way I look at it. And once that happens, the three of us will come back and we'll be like, man, that was way different than any of us. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's, I, I have some uh, Salt Lake City questions that we yeah. ask everybody here. Yeah, so let's ask you uh, really quick here before we run out of time. But, uh, Family and friends visit us, right? They come to town, maybe from New Jersey, California, mm -hmm. Oregon, wherever, and and they want to they want to see what's going on. What what's what's the valley like? What's Salt Lake City like? What's the area like? Where do you take people to? Like the the Bajan tour, the tour. You know, the I mean, you know, well, well, you know, I have a few yeah, places. Yeah. Like I'll take people to the Great Salt Lake or yeah. the, you know downtown or Park City. I mean, where so where so I live downtown, so I have a couple like restaurants I'll take them to like oh, sure. Copper Onion oh, yeah. always. Um, and then 
if they're down to go hiking, Grandeur Peak, that's just up Mill Creek Canyon, overlooking the whole valley. It's like a really good way to see the city if you've never seen the city. Park City's Park City's cool if if you haven't seen Park City. For a lot of people, once you've seen Park City, they're like, I don't want to drive forty five minutes to come back. <laughs> um, but but Park City's Park City Deer Valley are great. Antelope Island's also like that's this, cool. It's cool. It's it's kind of a sleeper spot. The Spiral Jetty. I haven't really experienced the West Mountains yet. Okay. And I hear those are pretty dope too. Um, just like mm-hmm. the o- Ofer Mountains. Okay. Like Tula side. Okay. But um, my, my tour is pretty much a couple restaurants. First, we hit Beehive if they have a card. <laughs> then we'll we'll go to restaurants. Um, and then we'll do a hike. And uh, well, you mentioned card. Let's actually touch on that. So people yeah. from out of state, if you have a medical card in another state. You can get a temporary one here. Is that correct? correct? Correct. So they call that reciprocity. Okay. So if you are from Colorado, Arizona, Florida, anywhere with a medical program, you're allowed two 21 day periods that you can make purchases up to the state limits. So the state limits are 113 grams, which is about in. It's a lot of cannabis. It's a lot. It's about a quarter pound. It's four ounces. Yeah. And 20 it's a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 20 weekend. I'm sorry, not 20 weekends. <laughs> it's a, yeah, like, that's a lot of weekends. Um, and 20 grams of concentrates through vape carts or um, edibles. And that process takes a couple days. So you would go to the state's website, you'd apply, you'd pay your $15 fee, you'd upload your out of state card. They have someone there reviewing it. And as soon as they review it, they approve it, they send it to you. So then you have that temporary card. So I always urge people before you come to Utah and you have a medical cannabis card, make sure you register because we get a lot of people that show up at the pharmacy and they're like, Hey, I heard my out of state card works. (laughs) You're like, it works, but you have to go through these steps. So as long as you do that, then you're, you're treated like a regular um, Mm -hmm. Utah patient. So they don't need to necessarily meet with a QMP and, and, and go through all that whole process. It's like, Correct. boom, you got a card. You're we great. just, um, my pharmacist, Mindy, up in Brigham City. She's great, by the way. She's, Mindy, yeah. She's the best. Um, if you guys are ever in Brigham City, we're right off 1100 South by Walmart. Um, she helped one of our uh, patients from Arizona get an out-of-state car. It took her about a day. Okay. So very easy, very simple. As long mm-hmm. as you have your paperwork, you pay your fee, simple. Awesome. Let's go back to the Salt Lake City questions. Anything you would change about the about Salt Lake City, about the area, if you could? Let's uh, say let's say you had a, a magic, a magic wand. wand. However you want to interpret Rub that a question. lamp a little bit. It could be the craziest thing you would change or the simplest. I think the air quality. Okay. Honestly. that For me, being younger, I'm like, whatever, air quality. But now that I'm in it every day and I'm feeling it, it's I would definitely change the air quality. Um, and I would also change downtown's... Uh, policy on parking tickets because that's been the bane of my existence you get a lot of parking tickets i i did when i did i've learned you've learned learned. i'm an adult (laughs) what's the secret don't park in places you're not supposed to park (laughs) pay your pay your your parking meter yeah uh, have your car registered dude i'll tell you what in those parking tickets man they'll add up fast they'll add up fast and you'll get booted or double booted never seen a triple boot before but I'm sure they have exist. you gotten double booted. Them. I am I am not gonna you don't admit to, or deny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in my past, I got I got double booted in front of my own apartment building one time. Um, so air quality and then uh, and then parking. 
but I, but I love the city. It's, it's like I said, I used to compare it. It's not San Diego. It doesn't have a beach, but we have mountains. We got great people. We got great food. We have great weed. We got great real estate people, podcasters, friends, yeah, everybody. So yeah, dude, I love it. Such a great conversation with yeah. you today, Bajan. Thank man. you. I always appreciate for, seeing you for sure for coming and, and sitting down with us and chatting how can as as we kind of wrap this episode up let's let's plug all the ways i mean people can connect with you how they can find out more about beehive pharmacy how they can find out more about you know your your products whatever i mean what what are the best ways uh, that people can can find out all that information so if you if you don't have a card uh-huh. you can go to medicalcannabis.utah.gov or find a QMP like our friend Tim Pickett yeah so get that then you have a card. Then you can visit beehivepharmacy.com, pharmacy with an F. So F-A-R. Which I'm surprised the state of Utah let you do that. Well, that doesn't insinuate adult use well, no, or I, that it's catering to children. Hey, you know, the, but they're weird like that, man. They, they, know. You know, they're like, hey, it's, it's legally a pharmacy and isn't, there's no pH in there. So. No, I know, I know, I know. And, uh, and yeah, so beehivepharmacy.com. <laughs> um, we're, we're located at 1991 South, 3600 West, right off the 201 okay. in Salt Lake City. So you can access it from Bangor or 3200 West. Takes me nine minutes from downtown. I live by the Capitol. So yeah. it's not that far out of downtown. Um, and then Brigham City, um, 1150 South, 870 West, Suite C, Brigham City. And then you can also visit uh, both stores inventory online, join our text list, all that stuff directly on our website. Which so, is com With an F. com with an F. And then, I mean, obviously, and then on social media, Instagram, Facebook. That so kind of- it, social media is challenging. We were Beehive Pharmacy. We got that page shut down. So thank you, haters. Um, <laughs> and so we have Beehive Pharmacy Backup. Okay. The, like a backup page. So that's part of the name, Beehive Pharmacy Backup. And then while we work to get our regular one undone, um, we have some handles for the Beehive Gardens and our brands up there, but um, new new roles changing. So I think we can just only talk about retail. So find us at Beehive Pharmacy Backup. Okay. And if you also follow the Salt Bake City um Utah in the weeds, all that jazz. We're, we're, it's a cross collaborative. You're like a big family. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's, we'll pop up there. They'll pop up here. And that's the beautiful thing about the, uh, you know, I don't know if it's like this in every state, but it's like everybody just wants to help everybody. I mean, cause really when Salt Lake city thrives, you thrive when, you know, when, when Tim thrives, you thrive, you know, it's, it's it, yeah. everybody thrives. rising tides, rise yeah. all ships. And, so. uh, well, cool, man. Anything else you want to add him to or Adam, ask him TJ why <laughs> no. we got him here well, and why we're on the podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. Anything Thank you, you want to add on? No, I just think, uh, you guys are great at what you do. I was telling, before we started, I was like, Chris, you're really good at what you do. <laughs> well, thanks man. The invite, the, the everything like you, you guys are solid. You guys are, are I appreciate the, the mastery in doing something so much. So I, I appreciate you guys. All right. Many thanks again to Bajan from Beehive Pharmacy for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Go connect with him on all the outlets that he mentioned, Instagram, and uh, go to their website, get your medical card, get connected, and head on over to Beehive Pharmacy and let them know 
that you heard the, uh, the story with Bajan on, uh, on I Am Salt Lake. And if you haven't listened to Utah in the Weeds, I know we talked a little bit about Utah in the Weeds in this uh, recording. Go give it a listen. It's a really fun podcast. I used to co-host that with Tim uh, back in the day. And I know we had Bajan on there and some different pharmacists from Beehive on there. Uh, but go give Utah in the Weeds a listen. Yeah. And if there's any topics you guys want us to cover, if there's anyone you guys want on the podcast, reach out to us and let us know, you know, give us some feedback. How can people reach out to you, uh, TJ, if they, yeah. if they have suggestions? Yeah. You got, you can reach out to me on Instagram at TJ mortgage. You can even shoot me a text if you want to at 801-694-1733 or uh, shoot me an email at TJ at my and my number is 801-244-2908. Give me a call. Shoot me a text if you have recommendations. Or better yet, if you're looking for a brand new house, if you're looking to uh, upsize, downsize, move across town, reach out to me. Shoot me a text. And let's discuss your options because you might not realize some of the options that you have available. For sure. I mean, I know a lot. Of, I know you deal with a lot of people that don't realize the options yeah, they I mean, have available. People get nervous by this market, but this market's brought a lot of new opportunity. So if you guys are curious about anything real estate related, reach out to Chris and I. Awesome. And you could follow me on Instagram at Utah Realtor Chris. That's going to be the best uh, place on Instagram or just follow I Am Salt Lake on Instagram as well. I know we've given a lot of uh, yeah. Instagram <laughs> usernames. Follow this, follow <laughs> right, that, exactly. follow this, you know, <laughs> but uh, anything else you want to mention before we close this episode out to TJ? No, I'm excited to be here again next week. Awesome, guys. Make sure you're subscribed. Like TJ said, we're going to be here next week with a brand new episode. So make sure you're listening in whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts in. We're in all of them. So that way you don't miss a single episode. So you guys have a good good rest of your week and uh, we'll see you, see you on the next episode. Awesome. See you later.